Welcome back to What Do You Know For Sure podcast with me, Anne Hughes. In this episode, I am chatting with Emma Toms, who has recently moved from Lincolnshire up to Glasgow, and she is talking about healing from illness. And so we go a way back to when she was 17 to hear about her her struggles that she had then and how they set her off in a different direction in life eventually, of course, bringing her now to Glasgow. This is a great conversation about understanding how our own power, our own wisdom, you know, our own listening to our own voice. I hope that you enjoy it. Emma, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. It is. Tell us a bit about you. So my name's Emma. I'm originally from Lincolnshire near Peterborough. I moved up to Glasgow in March to kind of build my business that's been in the background for about 20 years. So I'm a holistic therapist and a Kundalini yoga teacher. And I also have been on a bit of an autoimmune wellness journey of my own. So I've really developed the business around that over the last year. Yeah, so I'm kind of trying to trying to live my dreams out a little bit. So yeah, it's good mm-hmm. to be up here. Oh, wonderful. I'm glad that you came to Glasgow to live your dreams. That sounds beautiful. <laughs> Welcome, Emma. Thank you. So I know you've been thinking about this because we've had this in the diary for a couple of weeks. Tell mm-hmm. me, Emma, what do you know for sure? What I know for sure is that you can heal mm-hmm. from illness without constant trips to the doctors, constant you know interaction from outside parties but you can definitely heal yourself Uh and how do you know that I've done it I've done it and I've spent 20 years since I first started my journey with autoimmune issues I was 17 when I first got my first flare-up of uveitis which is like a really acute flare-up in your eye and I was just stunned you know how can how can this happen how can you know, a doctor say your body's attacking yourself, just accept it, move on. I was like, what? (laughs) You know, you can't tell me that at 17 that, you know, my body's going to continually attack itself for the next however many years. And I've just got to put up that. So, and that's basically what happened to me. I went in, I saw the consultant, he gave me some steroid drops. He said, hopefully it won't come back. But actually, if it does, it's just something that's going to happen for the rest of your life. Off you go, see you later. As you've said, you were 17, Emma, so that is a lot for any of us to take on board. But how did you receive that at the age of 17? Not good. And I think it sent me into a bit of a spiral of victimhood. It was a bit like, why me at 17? I I, I think when I now I look back at how many issues I'd had prior to that growing up through childhood now I've you know lived through the journey and seen and and look back with that you know that great benefit of hindsight I see how long that illness was kind of building up and what contributed to that and it's really easy to see that but at 17 you've got no idea you know I was just a kid starting out I was a hairdresser I was out drinking and smoking every weekend and just trying to live life and it and it was shocking and frightening and neither did he tell me, you know, that it wasn't just my eye, that it would be affecting the rest of my body and I could get more and more of these issues, which is actually what happened. Uh-huh. So, yeah, not good. Not good. <laughs> not good. And so what was it in you that helped you be to a place where today 
you know that you can heal from illness. So what was that journey like for you, therefore, from age of 17 and it not being good? Where did you go from there? So from 17 to 24, it was kind of a bit of a back and forward journey with doctors, steroids. I had to have lots of big flare-ups. And I can remember um, going on a bit of a self-healing journey with Reiki and things like that. That's how my holistic therapy journey started. And, you know, kind of being told you're not you're not seeing what's going on. The inflammation is in this eye. Then it started in my right eye and it got worse and worse. And slowly I just did my own research. I'm quite a determined, as my mother would say, a determined little madam. So I just knew I didn't want to give up on this. I was like, I can't live the rest of my life like this. So I started to look into Reiki ways that I could get better food I stopped smoking I became you know a lot cleaner a lot quieter but obviously I was 17 to 24 you know you still want to go out you still have your moments where you're out clubbing and you have one of those nights Mm -hmm. mostly with me when I got when I got a flare it was stress um, Mm -hmm. and my life was based on stressful situations I just got stressed so easily so the flares got worse with each hospital visit, I seemed to end up with something else. So I ended up with an x-ray that showed me I had something called sarcoidosis, which luckily wasn't too bad. There were quite acute flares, but it was this back and forth journey until I hit, well, it was my dad died. I had a real, a few issues with my family because of the stress. I was going out drinking an awful lot probably smoking again and doing all the stupid things you do to kind of numb it, if you like, numb that pain. And I ended up with something called Graves' disease, which is chronic hyperthyroidism. So your your thyroid affects everything, you know, it's your skin, your hair, your, your moods, your heart rate. So I was losing weight rapidly. My heart rate was up. I was sweating you know, going to the toilet a lot because everything is excreting. So it felt like I was being, it felt like I was dying. The person inside me was dying and I just didn't know who I was anymore. Um, And that was when I just thought, I I can't, I can't do this. I can't get another one and I can't end up living the rest of my life fighting this. So I stopped, I just stopped doing everything that I um, used to do. I calmed right down. I had naps. I walked quietly in the countryside. I got a cat. No, I really slowed down a little bit like an old lady. Mm -hmm. But I had to stop. I had to remove everything that to find out what it was, you know, that was triggering all of this. And it was generally stress, emotional issues, poor diet because of that poor habit you know poor sleep so when you went to that place of I slowed down I had naps I had long walks I got cats I slowed down was that where where did that wisdom come from that that was was that just what you knew was the right thing to do next I reached a point one day, I worked in a hospital, I worked in a hospital for 13 years and I'd worked with people with similar kind of autoimmune issues, rheumatoid arthritis, connective tissues and I saw how bad they were getting but I always thought I'll be fine, it won't be like that but yeah I came home from work one day and I was so erratic, so frazzled I nearly pulled out in front of a lorry 
and I just got home and I broke down and I said, I've got to stop. I can't, I can't live like this anymore. And it was just, it didn't really matter about all of the things around me. It didn't really matter if my marriage was falling apart or I didn't have any money coming in. I just knew that if I didn't stop, it was never going to end. And so I had to make a stand for myself, if you like. I had to say, right, this isn't about everyone else. It's not about the world around me. It's about what's going on inside me. And I, and I think because of that journey a little bit with holistic therapies, I knew I knew all of the things I had to do. I just wasn't doing them. Mm-hmm. So it was that little bit of an innate wisdom, I think, of just, Emma, listen to me. It was like my body was screaming at me, listen to me, will you? I'm talking to you. Yeah, because so often that is... In work and life, my advice often is you do know what you want to do next. You're just not, maybe, we're not listening to ourselves. We're not owning it. Yeah. We're not, you know, for, for a whole variety yeah. of reasons. But did you then reflect that life was different now? You became, did you have to change your personality almost in order to be yeah. one minute, want to smoke the fags, go to the nightclubs, <laughs> drink the booze, to yeah. go the walks, have the naps and play with cats you know what was that journey like to actually change how you functioned in the world not easy you know I was married um I was working in a job that was five days a week it was pretty hefty uh stressful work I worked for um rehabilitation like therapy physio and OT in a hospital in a really busy ward and and I had to cut that by one day that was a real fight you know, to, to get those hours cut down, I stopped going out, you know, everything was kind of, you know, oversensitized. So if I went to a pub, I was like, ah, you know, everything was just too much. So my marriage started to suffer because obviously oh, there was an expectation that, you know, we would go out and I didn't and I stopped drinking. I stopped, I stopped being part of life. I became, you know, it just became about me for a little while to try and find out. And so friends dropped away like I say my marriage suffered and actually it broke down in the end um slowly a lot of the things that came up for me were very angry and aggressive because of this adrenaline going through and that just triggered a lot of things you know in our relationship and and with him that just just couldn't withstand anymore so I my relationships with my family completely changed um but I think that's part of it. I think, you know, that's part of what's making you ill. You know, you're you're so outwardly looking that you don't actually see what's going on in yourself. And that's that's really what happens. So you have to look at what's going on inside you. And that that makes you look at the interactions that you're having with the world outside. Yeah. And it's almost like at this time, you know, we're obviously hopefully coming out of the pandemic. It feels like it now. It's been two years. And we've all spent so much time that it actually becomes like, what? how much of the, I think everybody's asking the question, how much of the world do I want to step back into it and what bits yeah. will I do without? And some folk are, are struggling with that. I'm quite happy with the fact that I'm probably a wee bit quieter and a wee bit less yeah. up for going out and doing lots of things. But I'm like, but that's okay. I, isn't it wonderful that I can actually be happy with my own company and a book or a podcast or whatever? So do you feel that life is actually better now? And more interestingly, Emma, do you feel like you saved yourself? 
Answer to the first question, it's better than it ever was before, but in such a different way. Yeah. All of the things that I thought I loved were, were what was expected of me. What I love now is sitting, I don't have a telly. I don't have any, you know, everything is like very people come into the house and they're like weird. I sit on my mat, you know, I have cacao in the morning. I do my Kundalini yoga, I meditate, I write, I read, I listen to podcasts. But that's been going on before the pandemic. Did I save myself? Yes, in a way. I was very much supported with healing myself, you know, the people that I was drawn to help me save myself it was the yoga that changed me and that was my connection to something much greater than myself and knowing that that was a a big part of who I was now and it was something that I denied myself for a long time and that relationship that I cultivate every morning and every evening and even you know during the day when I'm walking around and I'm saying you know, thank you for that. I really appreciate that. Thank you for that beautiful massage that I had this morning or, you know, whatever. That relationship is cultivated every day. So yes, I saved myself with the help of that relationship with something much greater. And that's so wonderful and quite moving, I suppose, isn't it? Because Mm. that notion that you had to do something. So I know that you you put that to yourself, but also something greater. But you had to be open to recognising something greater. And I think so often when people are having difficult times with their, their bodies, you know, when it's medical, and you, you just feel so powerless. And I'm in that camp before many times too, so I'm not saying I'm not there. Yeah. But there is always something that can be done by ourselves. Now, that doesn't mm. mean you can go and save your life if you've got cancer. I'm not, yeah. I'm not yeah, downplaying no, any of yeah. it. But there is always something we can do for ourselves. We don't need to relinquish all power, don't we not? No, and I, and I think it's, again, it's, it's cultivating the right relationships. I mean, I didn't get a lot of support with the hospital and the consultants that I had, but I think that's my journey. That was my journey because I needed to look within. You know, some people have a slightly better relationship. Um, I used to work a lot with palliative care patients, with massage and stuff. Everybody's journey is slightly different, but I do think we can all benefit from looking within before we start asking for the answers without I think that's my kind of answer to the question yeah and I really know a lot of the work that I do on myself uh, and with coaches and stuff is about how I sit here in a thought-created reality. So everything that's happening outside, it's my thoughts about it because somebody else could be sitting right beside me and be seeing it differently. What's the difference? It's not what's happening, it's how we're perceiving it. My favourite saying is the Wayne Dyer, um, and I love him, just the way he cultivates that. And he's so funny as well, is you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And it's one of my favourites. Yeah, and it's so true. And it's it's just like, it's so true. And I love Wayne Dyer too. He was, I have to say, my entry about 12 or 13 years ago into so much of this stuff. Yeah. He's so wise, I have to say. So I, I love it. So wise, and that and that was part of my journey. You know, when I when I 
first got this, it really strangely, I first got this weird disease and I'm out looking stuff in this crystal shop. I mean, I lived in the middle of a tiny little rural town and this crystal shop popped up in the middle of nowhere. And the first book that's in there when I go in is Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life. Yeah. All of a sudden a Reiki teacher pops up. All of a sudden this, you know, there are no coincidences in life. And that was definitely you know, the start of my journey, you know, I'm just about to undertake my Reiki Masters and, and I've waited far too long for that. But I know now it's going to bring me exactly the right change and at exactly the right time. Uh-huh. Well done. You've been so brave. I've loved hearing about your journey. What's next, do you think? You've told us about the Reiki. Are you feeling good about whatever's next, regardless? Um, it's been a very tricky year for me. Um, I, I literally I was just reflecting because it will be a year on Friday, that, which is so nice to do this now. It will be a year on Friday since I moved up and I literally just sold all my stuff, packed a van and a car, brought my little cat up here. I'd never seen the flat that I moved into and I just opened the door and said, hello, hello, Glasgow, let's see what's what you've got for me. And it's... It's been quite a year, but I think we're getting there finally. I've I've managed this year and the years during COVID were quite difficult for me, but I think it's time for a new chapter. Yeah, and your health, is that better now? I'm in remission. The last flare-up I had, strangely, in my eye, and it was stressful because I was trying to get up here, was like the November before I moved up. I make sure that I sleep well. But again, it's it's been another journey. There's been another layer added to what I've opened into and how much I manage my energy now. And it's not just my mental energy and my physical energy. It's my, you know, my outer energy, what I allow in and what I don't. And that's there's been a big lesson in boundaries for me this year too. So creating some very strong boundaries and, and having more of that inner strength because it's been so tough but the cold water swimming that relationship that I've had with the water since I moved up here has really helped now I can stand in a cold shower for like five minutes in the morning and it's like I know that it's changing my body and changing my life even more but yeah I don't I'm in total remission from from my thyroid issues and hope touch wood never to go back wonderful thank you so much for being my guest Emma Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Hello and thank you for joining me on this episode of What Do You Know For Sure podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can do that across social media by searching and Hughes Ignite. If I refer to my radio show and the podcast, you can catch those on my Mixcloud. Again, just searching and Hughes Ignite. And if you or anybody you know want to answer this question with me, please do get in touch. Just go onto my website, anhughesignite.co.uk and fill in the contact page at the bottom and I'll be delighted to have this conversation with you too. Thank you.